Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Well, welcome everybody to the Impactful Leadership Show. My name is Greg McDonough. I'm the CEO and founder of Blackburn Capital Advisors. I am also the chapter president of the Entrepreneurs Organization of Washington, DC. Uh, today's guest is the dynamic voice in the interior design world. She's the founder of Play Your Genius Out, a speaking, education, and coaching company. She teaches entrepreneurs and leaders to give themselves the same gifts that they give their clients, clarity, vision, and beauty. When they do, their businesses grow, as does their lives. Welcome, Angela Marola. Hey, nice to see you, Greg. Thank it's you. Great. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Oh, I'm excited. Awesome. We're going to well, have a great go. conversation, as we always do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, let's jump right into it. You know, our focus here um, is very much on leadership, and I would love to hear your thoughts on misconceptions in leadership. Yeah. I think the first thing I want to talk about is this idea that um, businesses are just businesses, like an island in itself. And the, mm. the, the idea here is the reality is that businesses, especially with entrepreneurs, they are um, a collection of those leaders and those people who are a reflection of, those, of their own characteristics and their their own um, traits, their own liabilities, their own um, assets. And so you have this reflection of whatever the company is of those traits from the leaders. And um, just to kind of give you an example. So let's say an interior designer control is a huge asset in what they do because they're just managing all kinds of different pieces of a project and many projects all at the same time. So like having an intense sense of control is really a, a, an asset. But when you're trying to um, take your business to the next level, having that much control with say your team or the kinds of things that you need to say delegate that you know somebody else could be doing on your behalf that's really a liability. And mm. um, entrepreneurs find themselves really running themselves to the ground because of that control. So it's really an asset in one sense. You know, it's like the key to running a really, or to the, the, the gift that you have of your craft, whatever that might be, stake in control of that, but know that you've got to have a team of people that are helping you and you've got to trust and, and let, you know, kind of the control go at that point. So in order to grow your business. Sure. Yeah. Let's expand on that a little bit. Um, right. You, you started your business, you're in control, you got your fingers on your projects, everything's going right. And all of a sudden now you get to a point where you've got to build a team that you need to let have their own control. Any thoughts or tricks or, or, exercises yeah. or, or things to help these entrepreneurs yeah. actually let go of control? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that because that's actually the best place to start is, is number one, think of a very low risk activity or task in your business, pretty low risk. 
and think about um, the kind of skill set a person needs in order to do that. So let's say manage your calendar or um, like an interior designer, it might be CAD. You know, that's a, that's a super technical skill. It's pretty low risk because it's not in front of a client. It's, it's in the back. It's behind the scenes, you know. Um, even things like cleaning your office or, you know, some really, the, some of those basic things that you tend to do yourself. Um, so you think of something that's really low risk. And then you start thinking about, well, what does the person need in order to do this job really well, this really low risk job? And then you find that person and then you just give them, you know, an hour or two, three hours, you train them. And, and, and when, the biggest thing is, is when, for people that have a lot of control is if you can get started and you do it on something that's simple and low risk, and you have a really good success, then you, you see how much time it opens up for yourself. And the, this is the bigger thing is the energy because as an entrepreneur, we have like a limited amount of time and a limited amount of energy. And if we max ourselves out all the time, it's just burnout and it's over, you know, it's just like, so being able to identify a lot of low risk things that you can have somebody do part-time um, gives you the confidence to realize oh, I can train somebody to do this. I'm not the only one who can do this. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's so. interesting. It's, you know, what came to mind for me um, is fit is around fitness. And you, know, you start thinking about your fitness goals and they feel really overwhelming, right? It's like, Hey, I want to lose 15 pounds or I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle or I want to finish the triathlon. But really, when you break it down into, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to step on the scale and that's low risk. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not putting my sneakers on, but it's something that progresses towards the end goal makes that journey a little bit easier. And it's similar yeah. to what you're saying about, hey, if you need to start delegating or growing your business and building a team, find something that allows you, you know, it's not in front of your client that's going to call, could cause a, a sort of an issue but it gives you the confidence to delegate, to build a team. And really at the end of the day, build trust. Yeah. And I like what you said. Your point was about success. Find something that you, that you can have success with. Mm. Like, right. I, like I work, a lot of people I work with, they're so busy and they'll say, I just want a house cleaner. Okay. Well, that doesn't quote unquote have to do with your business. But yet it does, because if you look at your business as you are the asset, you are the product, your level of um, energy, your level of ability to have creative thinking, um, thinking fast on your feet, like you are the product <laughs> and, and how well you take care of yourself is how well your company is going to do. So get, if, you, if you need to get a house cleaner or you need to get a a virtual admin, get it because they can do all that stuff. Even if you don't even know, like, what can you do for me? They'll be like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do <laughs> and you know, the control kind of goes, Oh, can they really do that? And you just like, to your point, it's about small little steps. That's so funny, Greg, because I, this is one of my favorite books and you know, I know you can't see it, but it's called start small. 
Hmm. And it's called Intentions and Activities to Create a Life You Love. And who wrote it? Uh, you know, I don't know who wrote it, but it, you can give it at, you can get it at um, liveinspired.com. Liveinspired.com. And it's a lot about, it's the same, it's a workbook. And it's some of the things that are the same things I do with my clients. Like, like, um, what's, what are the small, tiny things you could do to improve your day? So, um, I'm going to go off a little bit. One of the things I just read about that I, that I do with my clients too, I love it's around marketing and networking. I know this is a little different top, topic, but it says, think about the people in your life that sustain you, that you want more of, that you want to be around more. So it could be in business. It could be, you have very specific people that you work with that really, that you work really well with. And then it said on the, like a, it's like a little work of worksheet. So on one side, who is it? And then on the other side, is it, how do they sustain you? And then you do this whole list and you might think of, and then you can add, so people that are already sustaining you and supporting you in your business. And that could be all kinds of different support, not just financial support. It can be um, positive support. It can be, they rec they always have really great recommendations or they're really positive. Um, and then, but you can start looking at, well, who do I want to work with in my business? Say, what, what writer, what podcaster, what architect, what builder, what, you know, what realtor, what, whatever your business is, who do I really want to? And then you start going out and finding with intention, the kind of person who's going to support you versus just sort of sitting back and thinking, I want to go to this meeting and I hope, I hope somebody, you know, I hope somebody shows up. So to your point, back to your point about starting small, it's like these little tiny thoughtful um, steps that you can do one at a time that over time they build businesses. They build the kind of business that you want, how you spend your time, what kind of employees that you're going to attract. So I just starting small. It's just, it's, it's just easy. Cause we're also overwhelmed with everything. <laughs> that, that, that's right. It's, it's certainly right. Um, you know, as you were talking about, you know, leading with intention and surrounding yourself with positive people and, and attracted um, what came to mind is the opposite side of that are the energy vampires, right? It's those people and things in your life that are just sucking the energy out. Um, have you had any specific interactions with clients or help them through kind of identifying either side of that? Like, give us an example of, of oh yeah. So here's a really story. here's a couple of quick ones. The first, the, the really quick one is when you're when you're around somebody, when you leave, are do you feel better or do you feel worse? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's how you know you have an energy vampire or whatever, someone who brings you down is when you're with somebody, you know, you know, you know, that feeling when you're with somebody and you really connect and you feel better, you both feel kind of better as you walk away from each other, or you have even employees. This is a really interesting example. I have a lot of entrepreneurs who have employees and maybe they're like 40% of what they want and 60% they suck the life out of them. 
and they keep them because they're not sure they're going to find somebody because, well, they're still pretty good. They're still doing something. But here's the thing is you don't realize is that energy is a liability that you can never get back. And the thing about it is, is it doesn't just take your energy for that moment, that day. It, it, it goes like this. It's a trajectory downward day after day, after day, after day. And so look at the team of people that you have. Are they 50%, 40%, 70%, 80%? And the question is, is can I bring them up to get them to where I need them to be? Or do I need to cut my losses and find somebody that's 80% instead of 40% or 50. So those are like little tricks that you go, do I feel better? Do I feel worse? And then you look at that in your, with your own, your own team of your staff, the people that you work with, you know, the thing about entrepreneurship is we got into this business because we want to have more of a say of how our business works, right? If we wanted to go work for somebody, which I worked for Fortune 500 companies, I had plenty of people that, I, you know, they were telling me what to do. I would march, I would do the orders. I learned so much. I learned so much, which is what I'm bringing into what I do now. But I do it on my terms now. I do it completely on my terms and I get to create what that looks like. So that's the beauty about entrepreneurship is you have a lot more flexibility, but yet you do have a whole lot more decision about what that looks like. I would imagine you're the same way. You, you know, you have your own business and you get to call the shots about how things are going to look and right. It's, it's a lot of responsibility to think about all of those things. That's right. That's exactly right. And, and you know, just to take the conversation a little bit higher, I find that those underlying aspects really support the purpose of what a business is. Yeah. Can yeah. you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really good point. And that is a sort of a higher level conversation. Um, there's a certain level of self-awareness that comes along with being an entrepreneur, because the question that you have to ask yourself every day is what do I want? What is my intention? And one of the things I do with my clients always is a visioning session. It's a carving out time. It's structured, guided time for somebody. It's like holding a space for somebody to dream and think about what it is they started this for and how they see this progressing and what it means for their product or service in the world, but also what it means for their own lifestyle. So it's like this whole big vision. And I get to create that space, ask the right questions. So when you walk away, you have a vision with um, words and pictures and um, goals and tactics so that when you wake up in the morning, you don't have to ask the same question every day. Like, do you know what I mean? Sometimes you wake up and you're like, okay, what do I need to do today? Or which part do I need to work on? Or what's the, you know, you sort of like have, you already know what you're going to do because you have that vision set. 
and you have your path set. It's flexible, obviously. You get to decide, you know, how fast, how slow, like which pieces you want to do, you know, what has specific time frames on it, but it's yours. So I, I highly recommend doing a vision. It's really a visioning session and it's, it's, it's really higher than sort of business planning. It's like all the reasons why you're doing this and how you envision this to look and scalability. You know, a lot of people think about their business and they have like a passion and they want to go, they want to go start a business, which is awesome. I think all businesses have to have that thread in it to be really successful, but they don't think about, well, if this is wildly successful, what do I have to have in place? And what's that going to look like, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we kind of think small and, and then this is a, this is a way of sort of thinking big. So my recommendation is to find somebody to do a vision session with, and it'll just be worth it. So you can wake up in the morning and know exactly what you, where you're going, what you need to do, what your path is, you know, for a year or more, depending on however, however long you want to do it. So, so let's build on that just a little bit. Um, let's assume we've got a listener, right, to this podcast who's sitting there right now going, I need to do a visioning session. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the one thing if they hit pause in a minute that they should do? Like, let's say either they're listening to this podcast and they want to spend five minutes to kind of put their toe in the water on a visioning session, hit pause. What's the question or what's the first step in that that, that you would lead them into? So I would say, um, what do you want? What do you want from doing this work? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing it? Um, and how do you want your life to look every day? And back to that whole thing about starting small, we think about something really big that we want, but honestly, it is about we, every day we get up and we do these things, right? So if you can just start thinking about, well, what do I want my day to look like in a really small level? Like, it, for example, am I a morning thinker or an evening thinker? So if you get up first thing in the morning and you're like a super if your brain is supercharged in the morning, it's probably not the best activity to like look at emails and do mundane things, right? It's probably best to do something like on your business or something that requires a whole lot of creative energy or, or big thinking, right? But if you're an evening thinker, then don't get up in the morning. Like don't force yourself to do really hard thinking in the morning, do super mundane things in the morning, right? So you kind of, the question is, is what do I want my day to look like? Why am I doing this? Because when you get to the why of what you're doing, that actually starts informing the choices that you make and what you're doing during the day. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And I've, I've done similar exercises where I'd find, I'd carve out, I'm a morning person. So I'd carve out 15 minutes every morning for five days straight. And I'd ask that question to myself with the computer off, my phone tucked away, like just me and in silence and a piece of paper and a pen. And I would answer that question 
And then the following day, I'd answer the question. And it's interesting to watch it evolve, even from a Monday to a Friday, of what that why is. Yeah, that is, it is really interesting. And if you can do, allow yourself to do that over time, you actually get to a richer, bigger, deeper why than what might have been on the surface. Because I have to tell you what's happening in the world right now is such a huge shift between what we all used to do two, three years ago. We were going along in these massive consumerism and we were just moving along, you know, everything was churning really high. And then everybody, all this happened with COVID and we, we all went, what do I really want? Like, uh, was I really... And, and you look at the research, I don't know if you know this, but I, cause I always look at this, I looked at the research before COVID happened and it was like 80% of the people surveyed said they didn't like their job. 80%. So then COVID happens. Well, it's no shock that people are like asking themselves, wow, I, I can't go back to that. I, what do I want? What do I really, really want? And so we're all like in this deep dive about what is, what do we want our lives to look like? And it's a really hard question. Yeah. (laughs) Like if you get the privilege to have somebody go, what do you want? It's, it's not that easy and it takes a while. So I love that. Like every day you sit down and like, what, what do I want? Why am I doing this? What's important to me? It will change because things the easiest things comes to the surface. Okay. So it takes a while to get to the harder thing. I don't mean harder. I just mean that takes a little bit more access to get to, to allow ourselves to get to what do I really, really want? Um, Yeah. Like some of the, some of the people I work with, they struggle with, I'm such and such age. I should have such and such kind of business. I should be such and such kind of successful. It should look like this. And I just go, oh my God, like, who is that? That's, it is somebody, but is, is that really you? So it's like, we battle between the person that like, I don't know, society or what we think it's supposed to look like. And then, and then when you, when you start chipping away and allowing yourself to actually get in touch with the, what you really, really want, oh my God, you'll find you will just find that you start choosing things during the day that give you more energy and you start not choosing things that, that drain your energy. So now suddenly, suddenly you're multiplying your time and your energy by aligning with what's most important to you. And then what happens is like, I don't know if you found this when you did this, but maybe you say, um, but today, you know, I want to reach out to so-and-so that's, that wasn't on your list. Right. But suddenly you reach out to that person and they have what a client or they need you, or, you know, it's just, it's just really amazing how things start aligning when you decide, well, this is my true work. This is my true path. This is my true thing that I'm doing in the world. So let's, um, let's expand on, on the, 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 my true work. Um, clearly you're, 
a dynamic voice, right, in the interior design space. Was that intentional? I mean, were you looking to get into interior designers? Is there something about that industry or those the characteristics of of who works in that space um, yeah. that attracted you to it? Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting story. So I was in Fortune 500 company. I I I was being a executive coach, but I didn't really know that's what it was called. And it was like a natural thing for me because I have a psychology degree and I have all this um, brainstorming, facilitation, helping people think bigger and beyond and beyond. So I have all this training and, but it wasn't really my job per se, but I worked in an industry where I just worked all the time. So I, I hated that part of it. And I was in the kind of a situation where I now help people, but I was like, I don't know what to do. I love what I do, the part that I do, but I don't like this Fortune 500 situation. And, but I was getting paid so much money. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I couldn't, it just really hard for me to leave. And so I'm, I'm a meditator. And so I kind of meditated and I said, listen, I need some help. I need a sign to tell me that it's okay if I leave this seriously lucrative job. <laughs> and in, in 48 hours, I got a phone call from a woman that I had seen a year ago. And she goes, I know this is totally a random call, but I would love to have you be my coach. I need help with my job, my career, my life. I want you to be my coach. And I knew instantly that was like my sign. So I went and got my coaching certification, which took 18 months. At the same time, because I'd had so much training anyway, I was, I was taking clients on and that just led to more people asking if I could coach them because it was all word of mouth. So I'm doing my coaching training certification. I'm coaching people and um, a woman who's an interior designer called me and said, listen, we had a speaker dropout from, for our group. Can you come and speak? And I'm thinking, mind you, I got speaking training from a Harvard um, uh, old heart, like an old professor from Harvard that wrote a book. And I just called him and I said, I know this is complete long shot, but I absolutely love your book. Would you, would you do some speech training for me? Because I do this in my work and I don't know how to do this. I was fainted one time when I was up giving a speech in front of the company. Um, anyway, so I had this, this kind of training also when she called me and I said, yeah, I'll do it. Well, it was a network of interior designers. And what happened was, is I fell in love with, I fell in love with the fact that I had this business, solid business training background, and they had this solid, incredibly exquisite creative space that, that they loved. And I think I just, the two for me were a perfect balance of the business side and the creative side, and we could really help each other. And literally, I did no advertising. I got invited. People sent me. I traveled around the country and I spoke. I became one of the, the most sought after speakers in the interior design group. I've spoken for Architectural Digest um, in New York City and 
uh, high point market. So it, it just became kind of, you asked me the question. I think it's really, I wanted, I wanted some creative business balance. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I just completely opened myself to possibility possibilities. And then the phone started ringing and that's kind of, and by the way, I have to tell you this. I see this with my clients all the time. They do intentions. We talk about what they really want and their phone starts ringing, which is one of the myths I was going to talk about. Like, yes, you have to do business planning and yes, you have to, you know, you have to do all the smart business things, but don't be, um, don't throw out the power of intention because I had a client and this was during COVID. She lived in Manhattan. Everybody left Manhattan. Everyone was leaving. They were going out. That was her business. And she said, I want, I want clients out like in Westchester and um, the Hamptons and all these different places. Well, within a few months with the intentions and the vision, she had three clients in the Hamptons. Wow. She didn't, you know, like, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's like one thing led and then she ran into a real estate agent and one thing led to another, you know, so anyway, so, so I guess when you ask me how I, how I'm doing this is I kind of stumbled onto it but yet I was kind of intentional, but I wasn't specific. Mm-hmm. I just wanted that creative business balance. What was that, that first speech? What was the topic? Do you remember? I, oh, oh, to that group when that woman invited me? Yeah. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> you know, isn't it interesting how when you're in the moment, it's sort of, it feels random. But then when you've gone through the moment and you look back, it's a straight line. It's like, of course, that was going to, that's how yeah. it was going to work out. Yeah. 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 So, so you mentioned um, you're working at a Fortune 500 company, you're sitting on the fence, you're contemplating going out and doing your own coaching. Yeah. What advice would you give yourself today? Give that person. So the Angela of when that was, yeah. what would Angela tell her while sitting on the fence? Yeah. I mean, that was almost, that was 17 years ago. Here's the advice I'd give myself. And I would give anyone is don't be so scared. Like, don't be scared. It's, it's the thing is, is uh, this is getting a little metaphysical, but I think our soul is screaming at us, telling us like, go do something, go like pick up the phone, take that walk, go, you know, go do, go do whatever that little, that little itches or that little voices or that little thing that you really want to do. And you're doing this instead, just go do it. Like, don't be so scared. Cause I, I was really hung up on everyone in my family worked for AT&T, you know, all these fortune 500 companies, everyone did. I was the only one. My dad worked for IBM for his entire life. I was the only one in my family who branched out. So don't be scared. It's okay to step out. You know, if you fall, you, 
you know, you can go back somewhere, especially in this marketplace. This marketplace is so fertile for entrepreneurs and different ideas. And like, it is just, it's so fertile that you can, you can almost do anything that you want to do. That's powerful. It's really powerful. I mean, now's the time. (laughs) Do you have a, a, a client story in which you've encouraged somebody, you just mentioned the, the lady in New York who was intentional and envisioned having projects outside of Manhattan. Any client stories that around them, uh, you know, scared to, to try something new or, oh, yeah. or I mean, that, I could, that you've helped encourage? Oh yeah. I could go, I could go really small, like really small things like hiring a virtual assistant. Cause it seems really, really scary. Right. Cause that back to that control, um, to one of my interior design clients, um, stumbled upon a restaurant that was for sale and, um, in another state <laughs> and she was pretty scared, but she thought, she just thought she just always dreamed of having one. And, um, we stepped through like little steps on what you, you know, how to start asking questions. How much is it, you know, get, uh, 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 what do you call it? A survey or whatever of the property, you know, what kind of shape it's in, what are they asking for? You know, like start taking all the steps just like move in that direction. You don't have to make a decision. This is something interesting, I think, that could really help the viewers is you don't have to make the decision that you are in fact going to go do that thing before just taking steps toward it. That's really powerful. I find that to be because, because people, they won't, they think they have to decide before they go go do something and they don't. So just go take steps. She went and took steps. She ended up buying that restaurant, she ended up finding out there were people in that town that were famous uh, restauranteurs that wanted to help her. I mean, she got all this support, all this support. Now she's redoing that one. And one of the people in that city asked her to redo his famous one. So in this, by the way, and, and I, this is a really important point. This is all during COVID. Okay. When supposedly whatever. So just like the other advice, I guess, back to that other question, as I give myself is anything is possible. Like don't allow what, what it looks like on the outside that might not be possible. Just like, don't allow that because when you have some intention and you have some, something that you want to do, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter what, you know, all these things that appear to be blocking you. I find that the biggest block for people to do things, including myself is ourselves. Mm. It, that's yep. the biggest block. It's a, it's a right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you made me think you're talking about decisions and decision-making and I love your process of just make a decision, get to closer to the decision, like just learn some information, go do a survey, go dine at the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I also find around decision-making that it's decisions aren't binary, right? It's not lights on or lights off. Like after you've made the decision, there's other decisions you can make 
that if that was the wrong decision or not as good of a decision as you thought it was going to be, that you can correct for, right? So if you make a decision to buy a home and you're fretting about it, you can always sell that home. You, now, you might not be able to sell it for what you bought it for, and there's some downside, right. but it's not, you're going to go to zero, right? It's not black or white or zero yeah. or, or one. Like, so, you know, moving forward is more, to me, is more important than fretting about the decision-making. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, that's another big one. It's like fear of making a mistake. Mm. And you think about the word mistake, it's mistake. <laughs> that's all it means. It doesn't mean disaster. It doesn't mean you're screwed. It doesn't mean whatever, you know, it just means a mistake. But I, here's my philosophy. Great. I don't believe in mistakes. I just don't believe in them. Because everything that I've done and everything I see my clients do, they learn something from it that if they hadn't gotten that little nugget, then it wouldn't have informed them of something that's happening in the next decision or five decisions down or the business or whatever. I have my clients all the time tell me, wow, if that didn't happen five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to be doing X right now. If I didn't learn that, I would not have been able to do this. So I don't believe in mistakes. I believe that, like you said, you take a step and then you make a decision. Do I want to take another step or do I want to go over here? Or do I want to go over there? Who's the guy that owned Apple? I'm trying to think of his name. He's famous. What's Jobs, he passed Steve away? Jobs. Huh? Steve Jobs. Steve or Jobs. Steve Steve Jobs, 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 he was, he was giving a talk at Stanford and he talked about, um, these dots. Our life is like dots on a piece of paper. And when we make a decision, the line goes from one dot to another dot. And then we make a decision and it goes to another dot. We're just picking these dots and we don't know what the picture looks like Hmm. in the beginning. It's a bunch of dots and it starts with lines. And in the end, you have this picture and we can make it go anywhere in, you know, we can make those choices, but each one informs the last. And so that's just, I just find that it's like, it's like life is like a big education. It's like a master class. You get smarter, you get smarter. If you, if you kind of look at it that way, but I, I like your point. If you look at it in black and white, it's like you throw out like, oh, that didn't work. Well, wait a second. What, what did you learn? Like, what was the information? What can you take forward from what just happened there? You bought the house or whatever, you know, it didn't, you didn't make all this money. Well, wh- what did you learn? Did you have some happiness? What memories did you have while you were there? What did it do for you? I did have a client one. Well, I have lots of clients, but the, this came to mind is, she had an employee and she had an employee for about five years. Excellent employee, dream employee, did amazing, amazing, amazing. And something went kind of wacky and she started, this employee started taking money from her. And so obviously she fired her, but she was having trouble hiring anyone, trusting anyone because she was focused on the last, whatever, three months, instead of the first five years, right? Of the amazing things that, how she helped her get to where she needed to go. 
And so the moment, like we could have that moment, like, oh yeah. When you focus on that part that was really, really bad, you're actually carrying that with you like a suitcase moving forward as you go in life, right? It's like, it's like, it's like hauling your trash with you, you know? <laughs> That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Angela, I could keep going on and on and on. These yeah. are really interesting conversations. Um, for the audience, how, how are you, how can we find you? Are you LinkedIn? Are you Instagram? Are you email? Are you website? Yeah. What's the best route to, to find you? Well, playinggeniusout.com has a vast amount of information. It also has education. Um, it has continuing education for interior designers, but all kinds of business tips on it. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram. Angela Marola at live.com is my email. So yeah, YouTube. <laughs> I'm a well, talker, as you can tell. Yeah, we again, we could go on and on. I love it. Um, well, it's uh, so good to have you on our show, and I really appreciate your insights. Your your focus on intention really spoke to me uh, over these last forty five minutes, and so I think from here I'm going to take a little time for myself and and lay right out on. some new intentions. Oh, great! I'm glad. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I just, um, you know, we could talk for days on end. So anytime. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for spending your time with me. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought. Walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.